Please listen carefully. Hey, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm Kate Orslan. And I'm Laura Farley. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. So today we want to talk about property owners associations and condo associations. Um, We're going to abbreviate that POA and condo. And some people have some really, really strong entrenched opinions about whether these associations are good or bad. And sometimes that opinion is not based in reality. So we hope to clear up maybe some of the misconceptions and make sure that everyone understands like the legal rights and responsibilities for buyers, for sellers, and what can happen if those responsibilities are not met. It's really important that your buyers be aware of what rights they have to get out of the contract if they determine that a particular POA is not for them. I mean, if you want to paint your house fuchsia and that's really why you're doing this and the association won't let you, then buyer may want to move along. I've always wanted a fuchsia house or polka dot maybe. Uh, Or plaid. I think plaid. Fuchsia plaid. I love it. Oh, yeah. Similarly, you need to make sure that your seller knows when a potential purchaser can get out of the contract and when the time to terminate has passed so that your seller can be informed and protected. So today we're going to discuss property owners associations and how you can make sure your client is informed when going through the home buying or selling process and also discuss some legal updates that go into effect on July 1st, 2017. Let's start with the basics. Kate, what is a POA? So a POA is kind of enacted through a provision in the land records that was recorded after January 1st, 1959, that gives the association the right to collect mandatory fees for maintenance, even if they're not collecting them currently, or impose maintenance responsibilities on common areas. So if there's that provision in the land records that was recorded within the proper time period, then doesn't really matter what you call yourself. Right. You're in a POA. Right. Congratulations. All right. So let's talk about what it means if you're in a POA. The first thing is we're going to, there's a qualification that applies in almost everything that we're going to talk about. I'm going to give it up front and then we're not going to repeat it every single time. And that is that if you are subject to the POA, as Kate just explained, or if you're subject to the Condominium Act, everything that we talk about is going to fall under those acts unless that it's amended in the underlying governing documents. Whether you call those the Articles of Incorporation, the bylaws, the declaration, doesn't matter what you call it. If a vote of two-thirds of the members of the property owners vote to change their underlying documents, then they can override most things in these acts. There's some things that they can't, but they can override a lot of what we're going to talk about today. They can, they can even change what the voting percentage needs to be in order to override them at a later date. Exactly. If the underlying documents are silent on that, then the, these acts say that it's going to be a, a minimum of two thirds. But if they want to increase it to make it harder or decrease it to make it easier, that's fine as long as they have the requisite number of votes. And can they make things to be less restrictive than the POA Act or Condo Act? They can, but I have yet to hear of an association that makes it way easier because... Why have rules then? Right, right. (laughs) So um, there are a couple of things. First of all, in the sales contract, the buyer must receive notice that the property is subject to the POA or Condo Act and that they will be receiving a copy of the packet and then they actually have to receive a copy of the packet or notice that it's not going to be available. And the law defines what it means for a packet to be unavailable. 
Um, in bank-owned properties, oftentimes the bank just refuses to order a copy of the condo uh, of the disclosure packet or the resale certificate. But that doesn't mean that it's unavailable. No, that does not. Not, not asking for it doesn't make it unavailable. Right, or refusing to pay for it or provide it. That doesn't mean it's unavailable. That's a violation of their of the seller's duties. And what exactly must be included in this packet? Well, so there's a list of 18 things that has to be included. And and let's be honest, I have encountered one person in the seven years that I've been doing real realtor-related law that has actually seen a packet that has all 18 items. So they kind of must be included, but... Yeah, they're not always. <laughs> so they rarely are, actually. Um, the buyer will have a right to terminate the sales contract either after the packet is received or if they receive notice that the packet is not going to be available and depending on how when they get the packet compared to when they sign the contract and how they get the packet that'll dictate what their cancellation time frame is and the other thing to remember for buyers is that they are going to be bound by the hoa or condo rules even if they didn't receive the packet so if you're in an association and you don't receive the packet your right to terminate dies at settlement and if you don't terminate the contract before settlement you agree to be bound by whatever it is that those rules and regs say whether you received them or not so even if you don't know the rules you still have to follow them yes exactly it it behooves yourself to yes to know them yes the buyer really does want to know what those are so kate why don't you tell us a little bit about some of these updates sure so again these updates are all going into effect on july 1st and first update there's new language in the poa act that prohibits the association from requiring the use of their sign or a real estate sign that does not comply with vreb regulations unless it is in their declaration so if i live in an association and we want to have all of our signs that are going to be three feet by three feet square on a purple background with lime green font it's an interesting choice but you can require that as long as we've got the votes of everybody if i if i can rally the rest of my association behind me the rest of the property owners good luck with that maybe we'll go with burgundy and gold that sounds nice a little bit a little bit less clash a little bit easier on the eyes yes they say another update also pertaining to signage is there's going to be added language that gives the association the authority to regulate placement of the signs how they are fixed to the property and how quickly after settlement the sign must be removed. A lot of times you're going to see that with relationship to condominiums in that you can't affix a sign to the side of the building with glue. Right. But I think we'd also expect to see that with properties where you have to remove the sign X days after settlement. Right. And sometimes you also see on a corner lot, you can't have, you can have maybe some associations may prohibit you from having one on each road. You're only allowed to have one on the property, or they may say you are entitled to have one on each street. Another addition will prohibit the association from requiring a lot owner to execute a formal power of attorney if they are represented by a real estate licensee under a brokerage agreement and the association is provided with a written authorization. So is my listing agreement written authorization? Do I have to give them a copy of that? You do not have to give them a copy of your listing agreement. At the end of the listing agreement, there's a one-page authorization that just, you know, states, hey, this is my agent. And all you need to do is provide that form. That's the only notice they need. They absolutely do not need your listing agreement. They do not need a formal power of attorney, nor should they be requesting one. Right. Unless it's in their underlying documents that's going to require you to have a formal power of attorney. 
There's that disclaimer. Yep. <laughs> um, and the final update brings the Condo Act in line with the POA and grants the purchaser the right to terminate the contract at any time prior to settlement if the purchaser has not been notified that the resale certificate will not be available and the resale certificate has not been delivered. So there was this weird quirk in the Condo Act before where the POA Act said that you could cancel within a certain number of days of receiving the document or notice that it was going to be unavailable or any time until you got those. So let's say I write an offer on Kate's house and Kate never tells me that I am not going to get the packet because it's unavailable and she never gives it to me. If we were in a POA, I could cancel any time. In the Condo Act, it said that I could only terminate within so many days of either receiving the resale certificate or notice that the resale certificate was unavailable. So if Kate never gave them to me, then I never had a right to terminate. And that didn't really make sense. So no. So this hopefully now makes more sense. So with those updates, now we're going to move on to some common legal hotline questions we get about property owners association. So the first one is how can one make delivery of the POA packet? So let's start by breaking this down into the who and when, and then when does it have to be delivered, where to whom, who, and can that get negotiated, etc. So let's start with the who. The delivery can be made to the purchaser or the purchaser's agent. Agents have the authority to accept documents that are routine to the transaction on behalf of their clients unless the client withholds that. That's that's really the heart of agency it is the actions that the agent can take within the scope of the agent's authority. They're binding on the client. So if the client withdraws or withholds authority from the agent to receive a certain document and that's communicated to the other side, then because that notice is effective, the delivery would have to be made to the client. And that's because you are now performing an act outside the scope of authority and it would not be effective to bind the client. So let's say that I, I'm, a, I'm an agent, Kate's my client, and Kate says, Laura, I just I need to see these condo docs as soon as they come in. I don't want them coming to you because you're so scattered. You forget to send me emails. I don't trust you. Yeah. (laughs) And just kidding. I trust Laura completely. Or maybe she wants them to go to her attorney as opposed to me. And in that case, she can fill out on the contract to say that Laura is not authorized to receive these on my behalf. They have to come to me or they have to go to my attorney or whoever it is. And if they send them to you, then that would not be considered delivery. Correct. So, and the language in the POA Act says that the packet may be delivered to the purchaser or, quote, any person designated by such purchaser in a ratified real estate contract for purchase and sale of residential real property or other writing designating such agent. So you'll see in our forms, there's a blank that you can fill out. Or if you forget to do it there or you change your mind later in the transaction, you want to have them sent somewhere, you can do it by in any written note. Okay. So how can we make delivery of this? That's a great question and it can be hard copy or electronically. It's really going to be based on the instruction of the seller in his written request for the POA packet. Standard form for this, the request for property owners association disclosure packet that, you know, check off where how you want it to be delivered and provide to whom. So it's a easy form to fill out and the POA must follow those instructions. Right. And and you don't have to use our form. If the POA has a different form they want you to use, that's fine. But we've provided that in case it makes your life just a little bit easier. So Kate, when? When, do these, when does the POA have to deliver these documents? This is actually a question we see pretty frequently, even though it's really clearly laid out in the law, which is the POA must provide the packet within 14 days from when it receives the request from the seller. 
And that's both the property owner association and a condo association. It's both POA and condo. And failure to meet this 14 day deadline means that the seller can make a complaint and the POA can be brought before the common interest community board and the association can receive sanctions. Right. We got the law updated this year to make it crystal clear. Yes, they have to meet that 14 day deadline. And if they fail to do so, then it can lead to sanctions. So Laura, I think this is a really great nuance in the law is what if I want to negotiate around when when to receive my POA disclosure packet? Can I do that? Can I? No. I don't want it in 14 days. Well, no, this is actually dealing with how long the buyer has to terminate. So under the law, the buyer has three days to terminate um, from when they receive the documents. And if the, like, for example, let's say I'm going to be on vacation and I'm concerned that you as a seller are going to send it to me in that vacation window and I'm going to be on a cruise, I'm not going to have access. So my three-day right of rescission is going to expire in the middle. So I have the brilliant idea of asking you if we can make my termination right 15 days instead of three. Not going to fly. It's not. The law is very explicit here that says that except as expressly provided in this chapter, the provisions of this section may not be varied by agreement and the rights conferred by this section may not be waived. So that means the buyer cannot waive their right to receive the condo documents or the POA packet, nor can the parties agree to extend the right of termination. I mean, on a you know, gentleman's honor, cross my heart and hope to die, I promise you I'm gonna I'm okay with not receiving that condo or POA packet. But if I change my mind, I still have that get out of jail free card because that's an unenforceable provision to the contract. So our next question is the property owners association is telling me that I cannot use one of my for sale signs on my client's property, even though my client has authorized. Can they do this? Well, I'm going to give the lawyer's favorite answer of it depends. After July 1 of 2017, the new language in the POA Act and the Condo Act Um, prohibits associations from requiring the use of their signs or a real estate sign that does not comply with the VREB regulations unless it's in their underlying documents. So if the POA's declaration does not limit this, then they cannot require you to use their specific Mm -hmm. sign or a sign that's in compliance with their rules and regs. But they can regulate certain aspects of the sign, such as where it's going to be placed, how it's affixed to the property, and again, how quickly the sign has to be removed after settlement. Right, exactly. So it really depends on what exactly the reason they're giving for telling you that you can't use your sign. Right. So Kate, how do I terminate the contract under the POA Act? Here we are, guys. This is our moment. Termination versus release. (laughs) I promised you it was coming. The purchaser may cancel or terminate the contract within three days after receiving the association's disclosure packet or being notified that the association disclosure packet will not be available. But a termination and release are very different things. So termination is the unilateral act of one party declaring the contract is at an end. So Kate, if I'm the buyer, do I need the seller's signature? Not on the termination, but you still might need a release. So to terminate, you send a notice of termination. And we have a standard form for that. It's called the Notice of Termination of Contract. That's what you want to send. Isn't that a novel name? I wouldn't have thought that that was for the termination, but there you go. You do not want to send the release only. The release is asking to be let go of a contract saying, hey, I don't really want to do that anymore. Can we not? And the seller has the option to say, yeah, no, we're still gonna. Yeah. So don't just send the release 
that's just asking to be let out of the contract. You need to send that notice of termination. Now, you're also going to want a release to get your earnest money deposit back, but not on its own. You want, you need to send that notice of termination. And you can send them together, right? You can send them together, but do not just send the release. And, and what would happen if I just sent the release, if I forgot? If I tuned you it's out. up to, I hope you didn't. It is really up to the seller at that point when you're just asking them to let you go. If the seller doesn't know better and signs the form saying, yep, you're released, then great, you're out. But if the seller knows and that their agent is advocating and, and advising them that, well, this is just a release, you don't have to sign it, then you may find after that three-day period that you still are in your contract unless you have another right to terminate for a separate reason. Yes. So Kate, how long are the POA packets valid for? It's a trap. We get this question all the time, but there's no expiration date on POA packet. So there are two timelines to keep in mind. One, if the disclosure packet is provided electronically by a website link, the preparer shall not cause the website link to expire within the subsequent 90 day period. So that link should be valid for 90 days. Right, and so that means that the condo association or the POA association or whoever it is that created the, the online version of a website for you to log into that has to be up and valid for 90 days they can't charge you again in that 90 day period for 90 days you can go in as many times as you want then the second time period to keep in mind is after a seller has requested a poa packet like the preparer probably the property owners association or anyone else they've asked to prepare it the preparer of the disclosure packet shall not charge another fee during the subsequent 12 month period except there's some provisions that if the preparer has to get a financial update or needs to authorize additional inspections, then they can charge for those factors, but not just preparation of the disclosure packet. Now, neither of these mean that the original packet has expired. Because if you look at what has to be delivered under the POA Act and the Condo Act, is it's a document that was correct on the date that is listed on there. So if you have a POA packet or a condo packet that's two years old, if it was correct on that date two years old, then that is a correct document. However, a buyer could ask you for an update. Right. And as a buyer, you should be aware that you may want to request an updated packet in the event that some things have changed since the packet was prepared. But it's also very possible that nothing has changed and that is an up-to-date packet. But Right. My parents looked in an association that they didn't have anything change in 17 years. And so their packet from 17 years old was still a valid, correct packet. So does not expire just because the date is is older than a year or two years or 17 years. Right. Thank you for joining us. Remember, members of the Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with general legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the legal tab on the four member section. Make sure you're logged in to see this page. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Although the members of this podcast are attorneys, the legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We may note warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. 
The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2017. This podcast features the song, Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike License.